All right. Good morning, everybody. And thank you very much. Thanks to Kelly Robinson, to Dylan for running the boards and answering the phones. And thank you for joining us today. Always good to have you attuned today. I got here with moments to spare today. The uh, travel for us just because of traffic was uh, was just kind of crazy trying to get into the uh, studio. So, But uh, here and ready and uh, ready to take your phone call. Get my call screen page up and it will be declared official that we're ready to roll. Anyway, I hope you have had a, you've had a week, haven't you? We all have. It's been pretty, uh, pretty amazing. Uh, hopefully uh, you didn't suffer much damage and you didn't have too much power outage. That's, uh, that's never good. We uh, live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and it was quite cold and power outages around us, but, uh, but we had a lucky one this time and uh, not everybody fared so well. Uh, if you'd like to talk gardening and uh, the aftermath and what we can do now, I'm here to help you. We can talk about uh, tree damage if you had any. We can talk about uh, getting back on schedule with our landscapes and lawns and gardens. We can talk about all of that at 888-256-1080. We're broadcasting to more than 30 stations across the state of Texas right now as we speak. Much better looking weather now than it was three or four days ago. 888-256-1080, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour, live on this Saturday afternoon. I got, I got to tell you, last Sunday, our grandson, Sam, had a birthday party scheduled for his daughter, our great-granddaughter, Jackie. Jackie is a sweet little girl. And um, it was scheduled. Sam is really bright. He's going to finish his uh, undergraduate work this uh, May. And it's in business and finance, and he is doing very well. He's working a 40-hour week and taking care of Jackie half-time, and it's just, he's really proud of Sam, and finishing a really tough semester to get out of college and go on maybe for an MBA. Anyway, I say that as a disclaimer because he had his birthday party scheduled for his daughter last Sunday, and it was at an outdoor park. Not an amusement park or anything like that. A park, a park park, a big park. And he said, it's going to be 61. I said, Sam, that's at midnight. It's just going to get worse after that. (laughs) And so uh, as as I came to do another radio program that I do in the Dallas-Fort Worth area Sunday morning, 8 to 10, I said to my wife, I think you need to rescue Sam and invite him to bring Jackie and the guests to our house and uh, just turn our house over to the party. And it starts at, at 1, and uh, that'll give you a little time to get stuff in party order. And she said, I will. And then the people started to arrive, and some more people, and some more people, 35 people. Sam said, I had no idea that uh, Jackie's mom had invited that many people. I had no idea. We didn't know any of these people. These people just kept arriving. <laughs> and pretty soon the party happened and it was fun. It was just like a bus station in the house. But that's how our, that's how our Sunday went. I think I'm finally, after three days, iced in the house, just my wife and me, I think we're recovered now, ready to do a radio program. Give me a call, won't you please? I need some calls. 888-256-1080 for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Texas Lawn and Garden Hour at 
256-1080. Alpine, you can call now. Amarillo, you can call now. Corpus Christi, Victoria, you got pretty cold. Call now. College Station and Bryan, hey, I'd like to hear from my old hometown, Crockett, Madisonville, uh, the uh, heart of Texas. You get out into the big country. bunch of stations out there carry this program. Leveland, call now. 888 888- Two five six ten eighty, the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Get the program underway in just a moment. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is my book. This might be the only garden reference that you need to be successful here in Texas. That is what you call an arrogant statement. I am so sorry. I know it comes across that way. I worked hard hoping it would be the only uh, garden reference you would need. And I think we came pretty close. Um, you'll be the judge, and I guarantee you'll be happy with the book, or I'll refund every penny. It's a hardback with 344 pages, 840 of my photographs, and I had it printed in Texas rather than China. They just didn't sound right, didn't feel right. It has 11 chapters. Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas, things about soils and, and the hardiness zones, things that apply to all the other 10 chapters. Chapter 2 is a calendar, unlike any calendar you've ever seen. It's four pages per month that tell you what you need to plant and prune and fertilize and spray in that month to protect. All of that. So you'll never wonder, Neil, when should I do this or that? It's all in Chapter 2. And then Chapters 3 through 11 are specific chapters for trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annual and perennial flowers, fruit, and vegetables. I worked a month on each one of these chapters, a year on the book. For a limited time, I've reduced the price to just thirty-six ninety-five to help in these tough economic times. Maybe I will be able to, to help you a little bit. Now, the book will pay for itself by the end of this growing season, or I'll refund every penny by the end of this spring. If you're not satisfied, I'll refund your money. If you get it and you say, I don't think I like this, I'll refund your money. Six printings now of the book in in just a short order, and I've never had a request for a refund. I think you'll like the book. There are two ways you can order it. It is not in stores and not on Amazon. I wanted to sign every copy as it sells. You order it from my office or you order it from my website. The office is open weekdays at 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order directly from my website. I'll be signing tomorrow night and Monday. Take them to the post office Tuesday. And that website is neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. This is not the book with the cowboy boots. That one was last touched and edited in 1991. This is a book with Adirondack chairs, Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. At Mueller, they believe in value. Their Value Plus buildings are pre-engineered, and they feature an easy-to-assemble, bolt-together design. Mueller's durable roofing panels are hail-resistant, and they come backed by a 30-year limited paint warranty. But true value never stops at just a quality product at a reasonable price. That true value shows in the service you receive during your purchase and in how a company stands behind their product after the sale. 
They understand at Mueller that buying a steel building or metal roof for your home can be a lifetime decision. And Mueller will provide assurance before, during, and for decades after your purchase. At Mueller, you simply get more. You're going to get more for your money, more confidence in their company, and that gives you more value. Call them, 877-2-MUELLER, M-U-E-L-L-E-R. That's 877-268-3553, or visit them online at MuellerInc.com. That's MuellerInc.com. Mueller means more. And I'll have more after this message. Thank you, Kelly, very much. Uh, Okay, here is the game plan. The beginning of 2023 has been sluggish for phone calls, and I'll tell you exactly why. Uh, the, The why of it all is we've had some really unpredictable weather. Christmas, remember, it got really cold. And then we had uh, other stuff that came up. And now we have this thing that hit this week. And so as a result, this is a good time to call. It's going to get very busy here before long. So call now. We have Linda and Brenham ahead of you, and you'll be next. You'll be number two in the stack. The stack is not very big. We only have four lines. Please go ahead and fill them up now. Uh, Dylan is uh, ready for you. 888 Two five six ten eighty for the Texas Lawn and Garden Hour. Linda, this is Neil with you and Brenham. How can I help you this morning? Well, first, good morning and thank you for taking the call. I need to get. I need to pick your brain. All right. <laughs> uh, I have just had uh, uh, some gate, gating put in at the front of my property, and uh, it's a distance from the water supply. So I thought uh, wildflowers, just just a mix of wildflowers, but I need to know what to do to the soil. I have, uh, I don't know, there's some old sticky cut vines and junk growing in there right now, which I will get out and kill, but I need to know what to uh, do to the soil and any suggestions on, on wildflowers to go in there. Okay. Uh, if you're going to grow wildflowers, you don't want to do much to the soil because they're going to have to live in that soil year after year. Once you clear the ground and get the, the, the weeds out of the way, the, the vining weeds, then you'll sow the wildflowers. Most of the wildflowers that people have in their minds are spring flowering wildflowers, and those would be planted in uh, late August or September. And they would then germinate in the fall with the fall rains, and they'd be ready to, at this time, they would be rooting deeply into the soil and ready to spring out and start growing very actively uh, as uh, spring starts to warm up. That would be things like blue bonnets and, and gallardias and, and all the other beautiful spring wildflowers. If you're really lucky, you'll get a, a, a nice colony of Indian paintbrushes to establish with the blue bonnets. Those are harder to get started, but if you have some natively, then you're all set, and you can get them started. Hard to find the seeds, hard to get them started, but all the rest of them will be fairly easy for you. Coreopsis, there are a lot of them. Uh, There is a very good source of information and a very good source of uh, seed, and they happen to be the same place. It's Wild Seed Farms in Fredericksburg. If you want to look them up online, you need to do Wild Seed Farms. And, and it's in Fredericksburg, Texas. John Thomas is the man who started that business and is still there. He is uh, he's really uh, brilliant in, in what he does. He was a production ag guy 
who I don't know what he raised cotton or sugar cane or something down in South Texas, and he he saw the need for mass production of wildflower seeds, and he got into that business, and uh, he's he's made a real deal of it, and, and he's a wonderful marketer, or somebody around him is. He's a very bright person, but uh, they can if you look at their website. Uh, Linda, you'll see a lot of good information on how to get started and the best mixes, and and there's no place in Texas that is any better suited for wildflowers than Washington County, Texas. You're you're in the heartland. I am. I am. What would you suggest I plant this year, since it's already February? That would well, you would yeah, you would plant uh, things in the spring once you get all the brush cleared out of the way, and you'd probably scuff the soil lightly. You would plant things that are for fall bloom, and, and they will suggest some of the best ones for your area. There are there are some that will be very very pretty, and okay. uh, that that would bloom in uh, in August and September. Uh, there are not as many, but uh, when you get them established, they're they're just lovely. Yeah. Uh, the Maximilian sunflowers thinking- are are big and tall and boisterous, and uh, when they bloom, they they are a sunflower, and they're they're bright yellow and they stand three or four feet tall that you can see them from a distance they're just beautiful uh and they are perennial they'll come back for you um if you can if you can get texas bluebells started they would be good some and they're quite rare they're but they're fun i was thinking possibly about some zinnias uh you know for in the summer um uh maybe some cornflowers or well, yeah. Be careful in be careful in introducing domesticated flowers in because they may be much stronger and may take over the space and make it difficult to grow the wildflowers. Look at oh. look at their catalog. Look at their website and and uh, pay attention to their suggestions on bed preparation. You don't put them in beds if you if you really want a native look. You 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 just get the weed the tall, robust weeds out of the way. Hopefully this is not an area that has thick uh, grass growing, pasture grass, because grasses and uh, uh, wildflowers do not coexist very well. You'll notice that wildflowers are usually growing best in areas that, that are devoid of, of uh, thick turf. Um, but look, they have all kinds of information on their website, Wild Seed Farms in Fredericksburg, Texas. They, they have a retail uh, storefront, so you can certainly go there, too. I'm familiar with it. I sure am. All right, okay. girl. I hope that helps. I thank you so much. Have a You're good day. Welcome. I will. You made it. Thank you. Appreciate it, Linda. All right, we'll come back and go to Diane in Chapel Hill. Diane, stay with me, please. Right now I get to tell you about uh, my electronic newsletter, which is called eGardens. E is in electronic. I spend a lot of time doing eGardens, and I do it with a great deal of joy. We have about 80,000 subscribers, and it has a very high open rate. And to people who put out newsletters, that means how many people that get it open it, bother to open it. And there are some uh, newsletters that don't get open very much. They just sit there. And uh, with eGardens, it gets opened. It gets read. And I have a lot of people comment on eGardens. This past issue, I, I was at home. I couldn't get out. The ice kept me there, so I was writing about things that either came to mind or uh, that were quite pertinent. I gave some tips on what to do if you have uh, tree damage because I had a call from Steve Hauser, a, a arborist of the year for the state, and I tacked those in at the last minute. 
I did a story of all things on my dog Zeus and uh, a very special thing Zeus did for me a couple weeks ago. Just really special. Uh, but uh, that was off the path a little bit because normally I'm talking about plants. Uh, we had a very nice story by Steve Huddleston on mahonias or uh, leatherleaf mahonia. Uh, and I always have, uh, that was the featured plant this week, I always have gardening this weekend where I suggest things that you do in the ensuing three or four days after eGardens comes out. So that would be things you'd be doing right now. Uh, so eGardens, I think you'll find it very useful. It's free. It always will be free. I'll never give or sell your email address to anybody, so you don't have to worry about that. And uh, nobody else is going to spam you. I'm not going to spam you. It's just, it is what I tell you it is. Uh, if you want to see what it looks like, you can see the sample. You can see this week's edition. If you go to my website, you can see the story about Zeus, the dog. Uh, just go to neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Same place you go to buy my book, but instead of clicking in the store, you click in eGardens, the eGardens tab, and there it'll be, along with your chance to sign up. Neil Sperry's eGardens at neilsperry.com. More after these messages. All right, Kelly, thank you very much. All right, we need to get a line going here to to call into the program. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. We have a couple of lines open right now. We do have Diane in Chapel Hill. Uh, If you have something that you're thinking about doing for your landscape or your lawn this spring... Let's talk about it now. Don't be asking me about it later and say, I wish I'd called you before I did this. That happens so often, and I think to myself, oh, I wish you had called. I wish you hadn't done that. That's a bad mistake. Uh, this is the chance that we can miss those mistakes by calling in now. 888-256-1080. Diane in Chapel Hill, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. Appreciate your call very, very much. No problem. Hey, I got a couple questions. Uh, first of all, we got some oak trees. I say they're about three, four years old, and they got new growth all coming off the side, which we're happy about. Mm-hmm. Uh, my question is, when do you trim the new growth off the side of the tree, and how high up do you trim it? And then okay. my second uh, question Hang on, is, hang on. Let's do that one, and we'll come to the second one. Uh, okay. When you say when do you trim, are you talking about when during the calendar year or when in relation to the growth of the tree? Uh, no, the calendar year, like now. Okay. I mean, it's, like you said, yeah. it's got new growth all on the side of the tree trunk. Okay. Uh, you answered your own question. Now. You said it emphatically, and now is the answer. And I'll tell you why I said it emphatically. Okay. Um there is a disease called oak wilt that is spread to newly cut wood on oaks. It, it's, not a, it's not a huge threat unless you have it in the immediate area. And then it becomes a huge threat. Um, the hill country has a lot of oak wilt, and, and so when pruning is done there, uh, what I'm about to say becomes just vitally important. Um, the, the plant pathologists at Texas A&M the foresters from A and M, um, the uh, everybody who's involved with arborists uh, with oak trees, uh, initially said this is a two-step answer that we ought to be pruning oaks only from Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day. You see what Ooh, I said okay. now. 
Uh, you see why I said now emphatically because your time's almost run, running out. That was okay. when they're completely dormant and when the oak wilt uh, fungus was dormant. So uh, we know that we're good Thanksgiving to Valentine's Day. But then a little later, a couple of years later, the pathologist said, you know, in reality, that oak wilt fungus is, is completely dormant by midsummer. And so from midsummer, mid July, when it turns really hot, from midsummer until Valentine's Day is the is the approved time to prune oak trees. This only <laughs> applies to oaks, so it's it's that part of the year from midsummer until Valentine's Day. You must not ever, unless there's some kind of a huge problem, uh, you must not ever prune during the springtime, spring and early okay, summer. That's how, the taboo time. How do you know to trim them? Okay, and and so you're just trying to direct the growth as you as you turn a, a shrubby looking oak into a tree. Yeah, you know okay. it's got real bushy at the top, then all the little fresh sprouts off the side. So I'm just trying right. to figure out how 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 high up. All right, Diane, I I try never. Uh, you'll get a thicker trunk faster if you leave some of that uh, growth on, along the trunk. It's called trashy trunk. It's the same principle that applies to pecan trees, young pecan trees. They they thicken up faster if you trim some of those side branches off at five or six inches uh, for a while, okay. for two or three years. Now, if you just can't bear to look at that, and I'm kind of in that category, uh, you can you can prune them as much as 40% of the way up. If you have a 10-foot-tall tree, you could you could prune those lower branches off to 4 feet. But as soon as you go higher than that, the tree looks odd. And yeah, so I would you, say they're about 7, 8 foot. Say it again. The tree is oh. 7 or 8 feet? Yes, sir. All right. So if it's 8 feet, you'd come up to 3 feet tall. And that's that's Thank not very high. That's not very high, but but the reason you do that is to leave those branches to nourish the the trunk and the roots. Huh. Okay, that's that's a good answer. Uh, also, if uh, planting, where we got some oaks, they're going good, but this place had 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 a lot of pecans, and now they're dying off. When is a good time to plant a pecan tree? During the winter, when they're dormant, because most pecans are still sold bare rooted, with all okay. the soil washed off, and and. Uh, you must do that while they're dormant. So right now is the is the time. So, so now the you, you had the right answer on everything you asked me so far now, <laughs> and okay. you said it emphatically. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I just want to dump, you know, check because I am married, and I like to stay happily married, so that way we both understand where we're at. <laughs> what the order involves. I, I got it. Now, okay. this, well, this is okay. a good time. And, you know, Diane, when you get ready to, to plant a, uh, a pecan, Check the Texas A&M recommendations for the best pecan varieties for your area. And okay. um, and I have those also in, in the book that I've been doing the ads for. You'll find the it because I took that list straight from the A&M recommendations. And that way okay. you'll have a, a better production uh, from so, here. What, what do I Google? Just Texas A&M? Yeah, Texas A&M. Yeah, hang on just a second. I'll tell you exactly because I keep it uh, on a bookmark on my laptop. I'll just tell you right now. Fruit and Nut Resources, and uh, I think I need to reboot my laptop. It is not opening my bookmarks for me. There it comes. All right. And for pecans, improved varieties, it is bulletin E-609. E-609, improved pecans. You're all set. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much for all thank the good you. information. Appreciate the call. Have a good one. No all problem. Right, you too. Let's go to uh, Todd in College Station. Todd, this is Neil. Good morning. Hey, Todd. Yes, sir. You're on the air. How can I help you? <laughs> Thanks for taking my call, Neil. Um, I'm just driving down the road and listening to your show, and, and I've got an issue or a problem that I've been mulling over and thought I'd, I'd run it by you. Uh, we live out off of, uh, you may be familiar with Copy Bridge Road out by yes, the Brazos sir. River. You bet. Uh, I've got a 1.79 acre lot, and, and the soil is just native. My, my lawn is just, it's not like any soil was brought in when the home was built. And I've got a huge patch of a reddish uh, sandy soil that it gets too hot and, and the grass always dies there. And so I've, I've got a little Saharan desert there in my front yard, and I'm not sure what to do with it. All right. And what grass do you have there? Uh, I have uh, uh, Bermuda. All right. What? Uh, how far do you get into the summer before it dies? Uh even with irrigation, it uh, not far. It it just it just gets hot and and uh, I would say maybe halfway through the summer, maybe. All right. And at what height are you mowing it? Uh, about probably about three three and a half inches. Is it common Bermuda or is it a hybrid of some sort? Did you plant it or is it? I, I didn't plant it, and, and to, to tell you the truth, a lot of what's you know up closer towards the house is thicker Bermuda. But as we get further out in the yard, it's it's just a mix of of I mean, there's all kinds of stuff growing there. All right, well, I'm going to let you address the weeds because they are all addressable in Bermuda. Almost anything you have in Bermuda, you can get rid of with herbicides. I won't deal with that. I have too many other side trips I want to take in this answer. Um, so do you have an improved variety of Bermuda up around the house? Is it a separate part of your lawn that is set aside from the rest of the lawn? No, no, not really. I, I, are, I they mowed like at, are they mowed at the same time? Yes, yes. Are they mowed at the same height? Yes. That's too high to mow any Bermuda grass. Okay. Yeah, you need to check that mowing height because something is wrong. Either that's it, you're not mowing it that tall, or uh, the area that's drying up on you is uh, just radically undernourished or underwatered. Uh, you're you're either overcompensating up around the house. Uh, what happens with Bermuda grass? Well, with any any creeping grass, any grass that produces runners, is if you mow it higher than the the, the preferred height which with common Bermuda, I'm going to assume it's common Bermuda. That's the, the word common is a variety name. It's just the name that's given to Bermuda that you find growing along the road. You bring it in, you plant it. Uh, it is a, probably a mix of all kinds of stuff, but it's, it's just like saying mm-hmm. a, common, a, a common average dog that you found out on the road and you brought it home and it makes a great pet. Um, and common Bermuda is a wonderful turf grass. Uh, that's what I would have. That's what I do have in a, an acre uh, that is not our yard, but it's the next thing to our yard. Um, okay, so common Bermuda should be mowed at an inch and a quarter to an inch and a half. When you mow turf grass higher than uh, the desired height, it gets thin, it gets sparse. Um, it tries to go up to get light because it's competing. 
the best Bermuda grass you'll ever see is Bermuda grass that's in cracks in a in a driveway or a an alley or maybe even a street city street where it is just mm-hmm. repeatedly run over and it looks like a pincushion it's just beautiful it's it's kept very low and and so I think you'd find that by mowing shorter a little more often and and that's going to force you to water it a little bit more and also to step up your nitrogen that you put on it um, somewhere in there there's something that's happening up around the house that 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 Bermuda likes that out in the yard, the big part of the yard, uh, it's not getting. Mm-hmm. It could be well, this a simple. Spot, yeah, go ahead. No, this this spot I'm speaking of, the weeds don't even like that spot very well, much. Well, I, I wonder. I wonder when the house was built if maybe the bad soil was pushed over there, uh, and and maybe there was was soil brought. Did you build the house or somebody else? Somebody else. I wonder if they brought some some soil in around the house just saying we want a lawn here that's what i did at our yeah. house this is my lawn and that over there is where the kids are going to play football if i have a few weeds no big deal down here by the house no weeds please and you know you, you kind of favor what's right close to you there and and maybe they did mm-hmm. that uh you Probably. could tell you could tell by taking your own soil test doesn't have to go to the AM soil testing lab you can just look at the soil and see if they look the same just take a, a sharpshooter spade and dig a post hole and see if they're equally deep and equally, uh, and they look the same, or if that looks like Brazos River bottomland soil down around the house. And if you hit rock up on the uh, the other part or out at the other part, maybe they're not the same. But you can you can increase the amount of nitrogen, maybe put it on uh, more often, less at a time. You know, it's like somebody who's had stomach surgery; they eat more often and and smaller meals uh maybe up uh, i keep saying up because in my lawn it's up on the hill yours may not be on a hill but out there and maybe you can mm-hmm. compensate for that you may have to water more which may or may well, not be plausible in a drought your water in college station has a lot of sodium in it and that are, are you on a well or are you on city water i'm on i'm on wellburn water they just went up 25 percent yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. you, you step it up a little bit, whatever the budget will let you do, and mm-hmm. and that will that will help, and maybe we'll get some some more rain than we've had some of these summers. But it's in there somewhere. I think we've gotten close, but that's too high to mow. Try an area somewhere before you just go whole hog on it. Uh, try an area shorter and see if it doesn't respond. You'll have to scalp it in February to to get this process started. Don't wait until summer to do it. Do it in, in February. Okay. It is for so shorter mowing. Yeah. More nitrogen and a little more water. You got it. All right. Thank you. You can sir. do it. You can do it. Thank you, Todd. <laughs> have a good day. Thank you. All right. You too. We have David in Brenham and Kelly in Caldwell. So you're coming up. Hang with me. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna mention to David in Brenham. I I don't work in pasture grasses. It, it says what is a good pasture grass. I'm gonna refer you, David, to your county extension office. Uh, I am dumb as a stump on pasture grasses. That is what my dad did for a living with Texas A&M. He was a, a range ecologist, and he would be embarrassed that I would admit that, but it's better to admit it than prove it. So uh, I, I need to have you go to your county extension agent. I do urban horticulture, what you would grow around the house, and uh, that I can, I, I'll, you know, I'm comfortable with my knowledge there, not so much on the pasture grasses.
so I apologize. I didn't see that that was the topic. Let me tell you about my book once again, because this is a, a really good deal for you, and I think it will help you enjoy gardening a whole lot more. also makes a very nice housewarming gift or a Valentine's gift or a Mother's Day gift, Easter gift, a uh, 26th of March gift. Maybe that's somebody's birthday. I'll just pick the date. Uh, Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. Maybe the only gardening reference book you'll need on the shelf. It's a hardback. It has 344 pages. It's supposed to be 200. I kind of went nuts. I just kept adding uh, sections to the book. Uh, 840 of my photographs. I say that one again. 840 of my photographs. I just kept adding them. And at the end, Cindy Smith, my graphic designer, said, Are you aware that you have 840 of my photos? You know what Cindy and her husband may be? in Alpine right now. I hope they're listening. She got to hear her name on KVLF, if that's the case. This was printed in Texas by Clear Visions in San Antonio, and uh, they were fabulous and have been all the way through, all six printings done by them. Eleven chapters that cover the basics, the the 48-page calendar of when to do everything. So when you say, when should I do this or that, it's all in there. When should I prune my oaks, it's all in there. And then specific chapters on trees, shrubs, vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, lawns, fruit, and vegetables. For a limited time, I've reduced the price to just $36.95. Satisfaction is guaranteed, or I'll give you every penny you invest in the book. I've never been asked to refund a penny. I thought I'd get some. I haven't had any. I sign every copy as it sells, and uh, then uh, I, I uh, uh, oh, the thing I was going to tell you is it's not on Amazon, not in stores. Couldn't think of what I wanted to say next, and that's uh, that's the reason that I did not put it in stores. I wanted to be able to sign every copy. Uh, I'll be signing tomorrow night and then putting it in the uh, in the mail uh, Tuesday. We'll box them up on Monday. Order from my office weekdays, 800-752-GROW, G-R-O-W. That's 800, that's easy to remember, 800-752, that's all you have to remember, 752-G-R-O-W. The better way to order, though, is to order from my website. It's my name, neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L. S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. All right. Let's go uh, back to the phone lines. We have uh, open line if you would like to call now. 888-256-1080. 888-256-1080. And we go to Kelly in Caldwell. Kelly, this is Neil. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. Thank you for taking my question. Yes, sir. So uh, I bought a farm north and west of Caldwell. Uh, I've lived out there now for a couple of years. I've owned it for about four years. I have a passion for red buds. I've inherited this from my father. Uh, there are a couple of very large red buds on the property, and I have planted red buds every year now, uh, and I plan to continue doing that. But I've noticed the growth is very slow. Uh, I have very sandy soil. I was wondering if there's uh, – some way I can supplement the soil to, to make it, uh, I guess, more conducive or, you know, uh, so that I can get better growth out of my red bud. There are two things that will make them grow better, water and nitrogen. And, and Kelly, okay. if you called and asked me what would make my lawn grow better, as the gentleman just did, 
I said yeah. water and nitrogen. I have I have a a stock answer: water and yes, those are the those are the things that any green plant needs to to grow better and and red buds especially. Uh, if you're in a sandy soil, it becomes doubly important because. Uh, because sands don't hold water or nitrogen very well. If you're in a clay soil, you just have to be uh, vigilant to, to get the water to soak in, and you have to remember. I'll, I'll tell you one thing that does happen when you plant a new red bud. I do the same thing you do. My wife loves red buds. She's not a gardener. She's a wonderful mother and school board member and all of that, but she doesn't go outside and work in the yard at all. And uh, but she loves to look outside and see her Japanese maples in the shade and her red buds across the creek. And I think I've planted probably 15 red buds, and I, I plant them when they're not in bloom to surprise her the next spring. And um, the the secret is water the first two or three years to get them established because coming out of a nursery pot directly into ground, uh, unless you're in Beaumont or someplace where it rains almost every day. I grew up in, in College Station, so I know Caldwell is not in that category. You're going to have to water them by hand. Uh, and and this, this means not with a drip irrigation system. It means with a hose and a water bubbler on the end of the hose. If you do that for a couple of years until they're really established, they'll do well. They do better, at least by my measure, in uh, afternoon shade. They're, they're an understory tree. You see them in nature, usually beneath other trees. Yeah. Um, and, and so those are just some thoughts. Okay. Okay. I've, I've got the watering down, uh, but I will uh, uh, be sure they're getting adequate nitrogen. That's it. So, all right. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for that call. Appreciate it. All right. Let's see. Let's, let me get my last break out of the way. We have Mary and Brenham, and we have Stephen and Amarillo. And I can help both of you quickly. And I'll do a really quick ad uh, ahead here, so I'll get this uh, done very punctually. My website, you've heard me refer to it this morning on several occasions. It is the only place, it and calling my office are the only two ways you can buy my book. The website is the better way. I'll give you the website in just a minute. It is the only place you can sign up for my free electronic newsletter, eGardens. You can see what it looks like before you sign up for it. So there you go. That's again at the website. You also will find answers to my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions on my website. That's a big part of my website. And archived information on rose, rosette virus, and crepe myrtle bark scale, and St. Augustine diagnostics. All of that at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L, alphabetic order on the vowels, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. When people think of Mueller, they think quality steel buildings and durable metal roofing, but the name Mueller means so much more. The name Mueller means you'll have a product manufactured by Mueller, including in-house engineers to help design the building of your dreams. It means you'll have a company in business for 90 years standing behind your warranty. And it also means you'll get tons of added value like roofing site visits, forklift delivery, and a Mueller assurance team that's ready to help you along the way. And Mueller is on the cutting edge, designing and manufacturing new products, like their greenhouses and standing seam roofing panels. To find out more about Mueller products, go to MuellerInc.com, M-U-E-L-L-E-R-I-N-C.com, or give them a call at 877-2-MUELLER, 877 877- 
268-3553 or stop by one of their 33 locations. Mueller means more. That's MuellerInc.com. I'll have more after this message. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, Dylan, how much time do we have left? Do we have a minute and a half? Yeah, he's checking. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to take the two calls onto the air. Mary in Brenham has a question about how to get rid of sticky weeds, and that may be Sticky Willie, the the uh, thing that grabs the grabs your clothes when you're out and about. And frankly, when I get that, uh, I will hoe it out, and it, it's so easy to break off and just get rid of that way. A broadleaf weed killer spray will get eliminated very easily. Uh, so that's... Uh, uh, that's another option, and then you can prevent it uh, earlier in the in the growing cycle by uh, just spraying when it germinates, as it germinates, or even using gallery uh, pre-emergent. Uh, Stephen and Amarillo, a safe time to plant a weeping willow uh, would be um, as soon as it's uh, available in a nursery. Um, this is this is as good as any right now, as long as the ground's not frozen. It isn't now. Um, and that's, Amarillo is probably the only place I would say that. Uh, but uh, anyway, I would uh, remember that it has a very short life expectancy, maybe 5 to 15 years. So just forewarned. I am thinking we may be over the limit on our time, so I'm just going to bow out and wish you a very good week and say happy gardening.